Hello and welcome to the Healthy Empath Podcast. Today I am here with Dr. Karen Can. Dr. Karen Can is a medical doctor, doctor of light medicine, number one best-selling author, and the founder of the Topican Healing Method. Approximately 20% of the population are highly sensitive, and in her experience, they suffer more from depression, anxiety, autoimmunity, and multiple sensitivities and allergies. Her mission is to empower highly sensitive people to use their gifts as superpowers to heal themselves and fulfill their purpose. What she's really passionate about is seeing them shine their light so they can help pull the world out of darkness. Through her Academy of Lay Medicine, Dr. Karen teaches students her three-step Tulpican healing method, which involves aligning with the highest source of information, asking quality healing questions through divine muscle testing, and then activating specific healing frequencies to do the clearing and healing. She's basically a Yoda and helping us all become self-healing Jedi masters. Uh, she's awesome. You guys are going to love this. And you can connect with her at her website, KarenCan.com. So, Karen, welcome. Hey, Mike. So great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I'm super excited. Yeah, I really, years ago when I was having all these wild experiences, you know, kind of mystical experiences, whatever you want to call them. And yeah, I found a lot of episodes of your show quite helpful because I had never experienced anything like this. It's like, what am I seeing? What does all this mean? And so you, AI, your show is just filled with so many great topics and from all over the place too. And, you know, nothing's off the table and really just uh, honoring that kind of more, I don't know what you refer to it as like the out there or some people might think like woo woo, but you know, the more I get into it, the more real that world is. And it's so important. I love that you acknowledge it as well as the physical and all that stuff. So can you get us started by talking about your healing journey and how you got into this in the first place? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. And thank you for sharing, you know, your stories too. And also for being on my Light Warrior radio show. That was uh, awesome because I don't have as many um, male, (laughs) highly sensitive people who are at this leadership capacity that I know of. And and the ones that I do, I definitely hold dear to my heart. And uh, I have uh, young people that I've mentored um, since I met them in my clinic as a holistic medical doctor and acupuncturist way back when. And so I followed them up. I'm now retired from that but so now they're growing up in their 20s and soon to hit 30s and um and so it's it's just and i have like half boys half girls so it's just amazing to see their development over time <laughs> so anyway so that's to say thank you for for being who you are and and what you do and i think it's really important uh for especially for our our young men to hear from other men and um so that it's okay you know to be sensitive and how you can really thrive you know, as a masculine figure in today's world. Um, As for me, um, I was always highly sensitive, but never really kind of put that label on there because my mom was also highly sensitive and she was really made fun of uh, by my dad and various other people. (laughs) Um, And uh, so I thought, well, gee, that's, you know, I I don't want to be made fun of. So I, you know, try to be tough, but I was terrible at it. Just terrible at it. Um, so, you know, people cried, I cried and, you know, I could feel their stuff. And, and I, I just, I just figured everybody could do that. I didn't realize it was, you know, just us. Um, but because she went under so much criticism, I really kind of stuffed my feelings and, and didn't really share them, express my feelings. So all I did was really focus on being really good at school and getting those A pluses as typical, you know, first generation Chinese. <laughs> we get really good grades and go to med school, you know, it's kind of like the pattern. Um, although I did choose consciously to go to medical school versus something else because um, my parents did not push me in that way. But I was just really, really curious and I loved science and I loved, you know, learning about the human body. What I didn't realize, Mike, was going through medical school, just how much of a toll it took on my physical body because I was never one that was very resilient you know like I as a kid I couldn't do a single push-up or I couldn't do a single sit-up you know (laughs) like I was not the most athletic person and I would just take a walk for half a mile and be sore the next day I mean you know I was just super sensitive to any shift and change in my life so medical school really literally kicked my butt because all this time that 
you know, you, you couldn't sleep for, you know, 48 hours, you know, uh, being on call, being in the ER uh, when you're half asleep or being groped by the, you know, the, the drunk guy, you know, while you're trying to stitch up his arm, you know, and just, you know, or, or having to tell a family that, you know, their, their, their 11 year old is going to die of cancer. I mean, it was just so traumatic and stressful. And because I could feel everyone's feelings. Um, and uh, I just kept stuffing it and stuffing it and just being strong and, you know, my way of being strong and, and, uh, you know, being a good girl and, and trying to help and support people. And in the same breath, I could say that uh, my empathy was really helpful in medicine because I was a very popular doctor um, because I understood people and I could, you know, share things and they said, oh my God, that's exactly how I feel, right? So that was really great to have that as a medical doctor. But on the other hand, my physical body just was just breaking down. So it wasn't, you know, I was in my early thirties when my, my body just kind of, you know, I went through some um, marriage stress and um, just kept denying it, kept denying it, just kept pushing, 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 trying harder, harder, harder. And then finally, I just burnt out completely and ended up with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, autoimmune disease, uh, depression, um, multiple chemical sensitivities and multiple food allergies and intolerances. And my life was literally miserable. Um, and I actually wanted to die. I actually was thinking about how could I kill myself and the insurance would still go through. And I was thinking I could use potassium, you know, cause no one would know the difference. Like, you know, I was going through that line of thinking cause I was so down and out at that point. Um, cause my whole, um, my whole ego was wrapped around being this amazing doctor, you know, and then now I was like partially disabled and couldn't do what I loved. Uh, but that was a beautiful, even though it was the dark night of my soul, that was like the most, at that time, the most beautiful thing that could have ever happened to me. And I tell my students and clients, you know, that's like the angelic forces um, kind of give me a hint year after year. Uh, <clears throat> wrong path. Knock, knock, knock. Wrong path, Dr. Karen. <laughs> knock, knock, knock. No, no, too stressed out. You're not happy, you know, and I wasn't listening. And so finally it was like, I get, I call it the angelic two by four, Mike. <laughs> so finally the angel's like, okay, get out the two by four. She ain't listening, you know? And so I was like, <laughs> so then I had to get sick and that's exactly what had to happen. And it was beautiful because I was able to get to that horrible, horrible feeling that now I understood what my patients were going through. Finally, like I just never really understood. I thought I was compassionate. I thought I was non-judgmental, but not until I got sick and thought I was doing everything I could at the time. I was like, oh, what do you mean I'm, what do you mean I'm sick? I'm, I'm, I'm trying so hard. And then I realized, guess what? Most people do try hard. I mean, they try hard of what, you know, to, to, to help themselves to, based on what they know. So I decided finally one night after crying myself to sleep again and again, that I was going to, I was going to live. So I committed to live and it was like this little voice, um, my own voice, but it was like this little voice inside me kind of said, you know, you have a choice. It's very nonchalant, very bland, no emotion. And I'm like, no, I don't. I have to do this. I have to stay in this marriage. And, da, da, da. and the voice just kept repeating, you have a choice. And I was like, what choice do I have? And then, it, and then I thought to myself, wait, if I'm really going to live, I'm going to start making choices based on what's for my highest and greatest good, even if it pisses someone off. Oh my God, that was so scary. <laughs> as an empath, that's really scary because as you know, we can feel other people's stuff. So that means if someone's upset at me, not only can I feel their, you know, see their being upset, but I can feel it in my body, how upset they are. And it's almost like an attack or an overwhelm, not that they mean to attack me, but it's like an overwhelming feeling. So what a lot of us highly sensitive people do is we try not to make the other person mad. We call that codependency because not only do we, you know, want them to feel good because, you know, but we don't want to feel they're bad. And so that's what I was doing for most of my 30 something years of, of my life. But then finally I just made that decision that, yeah, I'm going to live and whew, I'm going to piss people off. So yeah. So I told my husband I was going to divorce him. I told my family I was going to divorce. Uh, they freaked out or at least temporarily. Uh, and it was hard. Um, uh, but I just kept making that decision day after day. Okay. 
what do you want to do, Karen? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like really lost. Everything that I ever wanted to do was whatever my husband wanted to do. Cause I was feeling his energy for, you know, 16 years. And, um, but little by little after the separation, I just started, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? And then finally got to really know myself and thank goodness for all that illness, because I would never have connected with spirit. I would never have connected with my own personal healing. So I healed my physical body in about two years, continued to heal on all levels, mental, physical, emotional. And then, you know, as you know, wrote a best-selling book, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, a holistic approach. And that doesn't even include the woo-woo stuff. <laughs> Um, just touches on a little bit. Uh, and then now, you know, looking forward to helping a heck of a lot more people, um, you know, in the future that are highly sensitive like me, just be able to thrive and not just, you know, stuff and stuff and stuff their feelings and, and try to be normal, which is highly overrated. So I know that was kind of a long story based on your question, but uh, this is the first time that I actually told the whole thing in such detail. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wonderful. Well, my question was, what is the story? So <laughs> you answered and I, yeah, I loved every piece of it. Um, and yeah, just kind of imagining, you know, being going through that experience of even just like med school and being highly sensitive, like in hospitals. Oh, it's just like the worst. Like even if I have to go to the doctor and they take my blood pressure, it's always like way high. They have to do it like five times before yeah. it's like finally Absolutely. normal. Absolutely. Like we can feel like we just walk into the hospital. We can like literally feel Heart the energy racing. that's left over there, like including sick people, people that have died. Right. Sometimes there's ghosts there. I mean, who knows, right? Whatever energy. So a lot of sense of people that walk into a particular area and they'll immediately start not feeling good. And half the time they don't know what it is. Yeah, it's so, like there's so much and that's why I mean I was just telling you about the home birth we just did, and that's part of the reason why um <clears throat> Well, there's a lot of reasons, but yeah, you know, why we wanted to be at home. And even some of these nicer hospitals uh, that are really making these nice birthing rooms, you know, which is a phenomenal step. But if you're a sensitive soul, it doesn't matter because that energy is still in the whole hospital and it'll it find is. its way in. And, you know, I've done healing with people who from C-sections, right? They're, they're, they go under for it. They get a C-section and then they, there's a huge opening. So all this energy just comes in and then they have to release all that. So yeah, um, that would be exhausting. And I don't even know if I could do that. So, but then, yeah, kudos to you. And I guess, yeah, led to you getting sick. And then, so when you started to heal, it sounds like the most powerful healing force was just you kind of saying yes to yourself. Um, but, and then on top of that, so what are, are there actual like things? Did you start changing like what you ate? Did you start like doing some type of like moving or picking up some different health practices? How, how did it unfold from there to get to this you know, place where you know, now you seem extremely vibrant and being here on the video with you, you just, you know, just the sound of your voice just is so everything's so healthy and strong. So how did, what, what was the, the path like there? Yeah. Thank you for asking that. Uh, you know, I think you're absolutely right that the number one thing was really that commitment to myself. Um, and I think I misinterpreted my religious ca uh, Catholic, I call myself a recovering Catholic, um, <laughs> my, my religious upbringing, and it's probably not meant to be this way, but the way I interpreted it was that I needed to sacrifice myself to help others. I know it doesn't help that Jesus died on the cross. And yes, that was literally a sacrifice. But, you know, but I, I took it literally in my life that I needed to sacrifice myself for the benefit of others, not realizing that me being at 10% strength really did not help other people to the extent that I thought I was helping them. So I think the biggest thing after that commitment was just allowing um, the next thing to show up. And some people call it intuition. Some people call it guidance. Some people call it synchronicity or signs or luck. But it was like I would just be drawn to a particular book or a particular movie or, you know, would find out, oh, there's a there's a Reiki master in my own town. It's a small town. Oh, my gosh. You know, and meeting her. And and she's like, well, I have a class. It's called the personal, you know, transformation program. I'm like, yep, I, that's what I need. <laughs> so, you know, and, and taking this class, uh, I think I probably took the longest time to get my Reiki master. She was very, very particular about it, but, uh, you know, five years. Um, and, and, but it was amazing uh, to, to do that and then discover, oh, well, 
wow, there's like, I, I already knew about acupuncture, but it, me treating myself was like a low energy treating a low energy. So not that helpful. So I met some people that helped me with that. I did some more study uh, in like nutrition. You mentioned some of that. So uh, nutritional supplements, certain kinds of testing. Um, and then I was really into the psychic phenomenon um, because I thought that was super cool. <laughs> you know, the clairvoyance and all that kind of stuff because my students in the personal transformation class, some of them were very, very uh, highly sensitive and talking to aliens and all sorts of stuff. So I was very curious about all of that. And um, as I just continued integrating, and that's one of the things I'm really good at, number one is being tenacious. Number two is learning quickly. So I just in integrate whatever I would learn, whether it be emotional clearing or spiritual clearing or, you know, nutrition or supplements, or and then I discovered, um, you know, at a sound healing conference about phototherapy patches. And I've since been a distributor because I love them so much. It got me out of those symptoms and uh, really helps people self-heal. So then, you know, I just keep getting introduced by spirit to, to different different things. And, but I have to say that for me, just that, you know, the overarching, um, you know, thing that really helped me heal was that dedication to the spirit within the source within, if you will, and, and just keep following that path. Cause I did not prefer another angelic two by four. <laughs> Those can be painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that answer. And because it's my experience as well. And somebody just asked me recently the other day in, in an email, because a lot of his clients have like PTSD. It's like, you know, what, what, what did you use to heal like PTSD and or, or some of your favorite modalities? And it's like, I didn't even want to answer the question because yeah, I did a lot of different modalities, but that's not how I see it. I, I did what, right. you, what you said. I did what you did. I just followed the nudge, followed it and, you know, made like the commitment from the heart and then follow that path to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So, yeah, I mean, I did so many different you know things, acupuncture and sound healing and ayahuasca and mushrooms and, you know, tons of different energy healing and, you know, fasting in nature and just like, you know, it's not one thing. It's just walking the path. Right. And, right. um, and that's the most yeah Im important thing, I guess. And so when I'm curious, what, when did you start really getting, you said you like the psychic stuff. Did you have any, you know, kind of mystical experiences that really shifted your perception of the world? Uh, well, well, luckily for me, well, I say luckily, but I, meaning that um, I had this, you know, teacher that uh, Pat Jones, that was uh, guiding us through this process. And, um, me going through med school and getting straight A's, I, I tended to be a little self-competitive, not with my colleagues, you know, in the class, but with myself, like trying to be the best at everything, right? And she could see that, which is probably why she made me wait five years to get my Reiki master. <laughs> uh, uh, but what we would do is we would go into these meditations or guided things, and then I would just be open to the experience. And during those times, it was very, very interesting. Just I remember the one time where she, I think we went through a shamanic journey in this particular class and uh, to meet our guides. And there was a dragon that you know, popped up in front of me, kind of like a Chinese looking dragon. And then Quan Yin was also there, also Chinese you know, origin. And uh, so I, I asked her about it later. And uh, and it made a lot of sense, you know, at that point that these two showed up as my guides. Um, I think some of the, uh, you know, some people clearly have a lot of stories, like of their clairvoyance or clairaudience. Um, I have, I have quite a few, but uh, one of my my, my fun ones um, is that uh, my husband and I, I wouldn't say this is mystical per se, but this is uh, along the path of early on in my path where I learned about um, spirits, like, and some spirits are of low vibration. So we do need to heal them or clear them from people so they don't, um, you know, get the negative effects of having their energy sucked or feeling dark or, you know, depressed, that kind of thing. So it was, I, was, I happened to have a really great knack at clearing negative entities, right? So, you know, I have my little conversation conversations with my angels, which, you know, it'd be great if I could say, yeah, I see an eight foot angel and they're speaking English to me. That's not how it works for me. <laughs> but <clears throat> sometimes we'll have these little conversations. And um, so I'm driving back, you know, with my husband from the skating rink. We're both, you know, figure skaters. He's driving and we got the windows down. It's in the summer and I hear something. And it was funny because I was looking at the license plate in front of me in the car in front of me and I couldn't quite make it out. I thought, oh, that's that looks interesting. What does that say? And something answered me. 
And then I was like, I knew there's nobody else in the car, but I turned around and I was thinking it was somebody out the window heard me or something. Like we were at a stop sign and there was nobody there. And I said to James, was that you? He goes, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's like, what was that? I said, I, I couldn't quite make it out. So I thought, well, I'll just go into my stillness and I'll ask the angels, right? So I do some, what I call divine muscle testing. And I get a lot of yes, no answers. This is kind of like the training wheels to divine knowing. So I use it a lot for healing and all sorts of things. So in this case, I was just asking, who was that, right? So um, and I'm figuring maybe it's a, a ghost, a lost person. Like, you know, obviously it wasn't a you know, human that I could see. So I get an answer. It's a demon. And I was like, whoa, no demons land in my car. What the heck? Right? Like I'm a little bit defensive there. And James like, what's going on? I'm like, shh, 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 <laughs> let me concentrate. And uh, so then I was like, okay, what is going on? So I'm talking, I'm like, on the one hand, the demon's back there, the angels are, and I'm talking and I'm like, uh, <clears throat> why is there a demon in my backseat? And the angel's like, well, I asked, the, then I asked the demon for like, why are you here? You know, and it's like, the angels told me to come here. And I'm like, what? So I talked to the angels and I'm like, why did you tell the demon to come here? And the angel said, because you have a job to do. And I was like, well, you can heal the demon. Like, why are you, you know, <laughs> why are you asking me? And it was just like silence. Right. And I was like, okay, fine. So I go and figure out like, you know, what's going on with the demon. The demon had, it was like, generational, which I was like, how can that be possible? But it was like this generational curse or something that it was like enveloped in. And it was asking for help. So the angel said, come to Dr. Karen. <laughs> she needs some practice. Yeah. So, so I release, you know, whatever it is, generational thousands of years of whatever, right? Demon says, thank you very much. And is on its way, you know, elevated its light score. And then, um, I realized that it was for my own personal growth that that happened because up until that point, we talked about being judgmental as a doctor earlier, right? And not really being as compassionate as I thought. Well, that was one of those other moments where I realized I'm not as compassionate as I think because I had a judgment that just because someone was a demon in my back seat that I judged automatically that this demon was bad and had nefarious purposes. But in this case, spirit was trying to teach me and my angels trying to teach me not all demons want to be bad I was like whoa mind blown right so <laughs> so after the healing then it shifted my perception um, and then it really helped to really even hone in on my mission which really is is that harmony for all of us whether we be demon alien human bacteria virus you know, whatever it is that, that there is another state of being that we can be in and be in, in harmony with each other. So anyway, so that's one of my favorite funny, funny stories. I have a whole bunch of them, but that's one of my funny stories, psychic stories. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And yeah, can you talk a little more about some of these? So actually I went through this long phase of entity nonsense, uh, really annoying um but then yeah i think i learned a lot of it from that stuff from you and even i remember after after the interview on your show like i, I felt off the whole time and i just was like super frustrated and you know i wanted to like perform well right like just like you know and you know being there like talking with everyone and um and then like i am maybe what and probably wasn't, wasn't that bad as it was in my head but afterwards like, i connected another week with this like entity and like had to clear and i also found that I think now I'm um, sharing that one. I think that one was like, so a lot of the entities have been like in me from different lifetimes or something. Right. And they're now like in my space. And um, so, yeah, can you teach us a little more about, and to, it's so, I still don't fully understand. And I guess like within a healing session, you know, you don't have to, like if it comes up to understand it all, but I, I was making myself a little crazy trying to understand how all this works. Why are they coming to me? What is the purpose? Like, so do you have a, any type of like simplification when it comes to entities and then how people can know if they have any of these negative energies that they, you know, could clear from themselves? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that you've tapped into because spirit allowed it to be there um, is that right now, um, well, I mean, it started uh, about three years ago, but um, we are entering a phase of our evolution, if you will, spiritual evolution, human evolution, where 
um, all of our timelines, including past, present, future, alternate dimensions, we are aliens, humans, whatever, and other timelines, we're all converging. Um, now, I use the word converging. Some people use the word timelines collapsing. I don't quite understand uh, why that is happening per se. It's like part of the what people call the ascension process. But what I do know is that we get the opportunity to heal multiple timelines simultaneously. Like in the past, people may have heard of, uh, you know, past life regret where you go to a past life, you see there's an issue there, maybe you, uh, a person was like a healer that was ostracized and then burned at the stake, you know, something like that, then they have, you know, a fear of being tied up or fire or doing their healing gifts in this lifetime and they can't express themselves because they're literally a fear, uh, you know, they literally are fearing dying, you know, on the stake. So um, I had one then, where I was, not sorry to cut you off, so I had one where I was uh, scalping Native Americans for money. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so those memories can be really traumatic for us. And what's really exciting is that at this time in our spiritual evolution, the vibe, if you will, we're able to heal all of that trauma much, much faster than just doing a, a past life regression on one lifetime. Because there could be thousands or, or for some people millions, you know, of other lifetimes. So we can actually heal all of them um, very, very quickly, including the entities. So sometimes when people get into that space where their spiritual gifts expand, which is what is happening to everyone, even the non-sensitives, our spiritual gifts are expanding. Our ability to feel, sense, hear, taste things from other timelines can show up and it shows up for resolution. Um, so entities can show up from other timelines that are not literally here, but we can feel them like they're here because they are around us in other timelines. So sometimes we've, in addition to, you know, teaching people how to clear their home uh, or clear themselves, sometimes we'll have them go and project that clearing uh, based on, you know, our protocols to all their other timelines at once. And sometimes specifically to their home in another timeline, you know, or to another version of themselves in another timeline in order to clear it all. One of my healer friends, actually, uh, when this was happening, we called, you know, an ascension process. Um, she started using some of my tools and the healing was going actually fairly quickly. And what was happening was she suddenly went from not noticing entities uh, because she had gotten rid of them from this timeline a long time ago to suddenly being able to sense them. They weren't necessarily attacking her, but they, she could sense so much more. She was kind of mini freaking out. And so uh, we went on this call with a, a trusted friend of hers and he kind of monitored what we were doing. And when I did my testing, um, my Topican healing method, we do some testing. So I tested that all the entities that she was sensing were all from her other timelines. And she said she admitted that she knows for a fact that her in other timelines, she was not the nicest person. She said <laughs> that she did some pretty maybe nasty stuff in those timelines. So, but she was freaking out because she could see them. She could see them, right? And I said, well, what we could do is create a clearing vortex for all your timelines. So even before I finished the sentence, right, with the intention, what happened was she could see this vortex going on around her and all the entities were just automatically healing. They were like, she said they were, they were coming and, and like hitting that vortex and then just going up and disappearing. And you could literally hear it in her voice, like, like the sense of relief, <laughs> relief that that's, you know, that that's going on. So I think for people, um, I think pretty much almost everyone on earth has been attuned to the kind of energies that I've been using, which I now name Topican healing energies. Um, I, that was one of my sole missions in, in another timeline, which I did not complete, but I did complete in this timeline was to attune all of humanity or who, with the exception of the few that don't want it, um, with the, that, the connection to those energies uh, from archangels and other light beings to be able to clear and heal things very, very quickly. So just imagining, you know, the, the vortex around you and then imagining maybe in your mind, you know, thousands of other yous and then creating that vortex in all your other timelines can be a really, really speedy way to just heal them all. Um, and, and if you still have, uh, you know, uh, an episode where they come, sometimes if they don't clear automatically that way, 
sometimes it's because you need to know more. Like just like that time where, you know, my, my car is protected and the demon showed up in my back seat and I'm like, what the heck, right? I've got the car under protection. But the thing was I needed to learn something. I needed to understand something. So spirit's like, well, no, guess what? We're not going to have your vortex work <laughs> until you understand this one piece. Um, and one of the understandings is that, you know, for me was, um, not all entities are bad, even though they're low vibration. Some really are tired of just being a demon, you know, or just tired of where they're at and they want out and they don't know how. They don't know what to do. Um, so they're guided to the closest thing to the light or not the light, but the closest light that they can find or they're literally told to go to so-and-so um, because that person has enough light radius to be able to clear them automatically. So at this point, I mean, we have some tools that are helpful. For example, my Ascension Jewelry uh, just launched this past weekend. Um, mm. We have a couple of styles for guys as well. And so just wearing the jewelry, uh, unless you need to know something, will automatically clear anything in your space, you know, um, entities and things like that. So people just can just feel calmer and more protected. And it's not just entities. It could be negative energy and emotions from mass consciousness, from the news, from a movie. There's all sorts of things that can bother us. So Hmm. Um, so you'll, you'll have to try it. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And I didn't know you launched that jewelry too. I'll have to check that out and share that with people. And yeah, it's interesting you say that started a few years ago with that kind of stuff. Cause that's when it, I started, it started happening to me and it went on for a while and then just completely stopped. And it's been like so long before I've had that experience, but I can also relate it to my own healing. Right. And like when I did have you know, like that PTSD energy, everything was like so frantic. And I was in this just like hyper kind of like, I need to heal everything that exists within me. So I no longer have to feel any pain or discomfort type of thing. <laughs> and Understandable. is not how it works. But I, yeah, so it was like that my like obsession to kind of like creating more and more of it, which I guess at the end of the day, you know, worked out because I just got to heal through a lot of stuff before I finally learned how to relax. And and yeah, so it's almost, so you think they, um, we're all like our energy is shifting or evolving and, you know, as it comes together, all this stuff is kind of like coming out and needs to be healed and cleared away. Yeah, there's actually, um, I've documented um, four phases of uh, the ascension cycle, meaning that we have these upgrades. And uh, if you look at spiritual circles or Facebook or Instagram, whatever, it sounds great on paper. Okay. Oh, we're getting great new energies and such and such is coming in. You're going to see so much more light and, you know, and that's true. And at the same time, it can be really uncomfortable. Okay. Because it's like cleaning out an old closet that you haven't thought of in 30 years and you don't know what's in there, right? Like there's like old baseball mitts, they're molding, there's spiders, there's like cockroaches, I mean, all sorts of stuff in there, right? So when you start cleaning, it can be a little bit messy. So um, during these Ascension upgrades, um, we've documented there are kind of like four uh, phases of the cycle. The first phase um, I call the rising phase. And this is where we are connected to higher and higher dimensions. And the challenge during the first phase of the Ascension cycle is because we're going this way, the challenge is getting grounded. <laughs> so people might physically feel things like headaches, dizziness, um, shoulder tension, uh, brain fog, um, like they just aren't quite here, right? So then they have to learn uh, and to, that, hey, I'm not grounded, you know, to, to understand that and be able to know how to do a grounding procedure on themselves or do a, what we call a Topican healing directive, you know, to do that grounding. And then the second phase of the ascension cycle, I call the expansion phase. This one's really interesting for sensitive souls. Um, maybe not pleasant sometimes, but really interesting. So during the expansion phase, our spiritual gifts expand. So our ability to feel, sense, hear, taste, smell, and, you know, just know increases. Now that sounds great on paper, except when those clairs or those gifts are not balanced with each other or even within itself, like clairsentience, which is the most common gift that most people have the ability to feel in their bodies, something or someone else's stuff. When it's not balanced, it can be very symptomatic. Um, so people can have chronic pain or feel exhausted or fatigued. And sometimes they confuse it with, oh my gosh, it must be an entity because I feel so horrible. And it's like, when I test, I'm like, not really. Actually, you're just 
feeling mass consciousness right now, right? So, so when we can get those, those skills a little bit more balanced, and again, you could do it quickly with Topican Healing Method or some other method that a person knows to rebalance all those clairs so that during that expansion phase, it doesn't go so wild that you're feeling too much stuff. And sometimes it's not just your... Um, you know, your, your sensitivity, it could be your awareness as well, because your awareness can also expand so that it's like, it's like having a really big uh, radar dish, a sensor, and with every Ascension upgrade, the, the radar dish gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> and so you're sensing more stuff. So not only are you sensing stuff in our solar system, you're sensing stuff in a whole galaxy, and the next upgrade, you're sensing stuff from multiple galaxies, and the next upgrade, you're now sensing stuff from multiple timelines and multiple galaxies, right? So this increase in gifts and your ability to be aware, we need to be able to bring that back to the present, which is why so many spiritual teachers talk about the power of presence, right? Eckhart Tolle and Byron Katie and lots of Deepak Chopra, right? So because when you're fully embodied in the present moment, and I have my own way of teaching that, um, which is in one of my freebies, uh, which I'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, when you're here, fully here, what happens is that your awareness then starts to recalibrate itself. Um, and when you're back into the present, you're not as much paying attention you know, to all those other things that are irrelevant. I, I had one client uh, who's highly sensitive. She can see ghosts from time to time. Um, she literally came into my office. She says, I'm having trouble understanding people. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, their mouth is moving. They're speaking English, but I can't understand them. And I have to keep saying, what, what? what? And they're getting annoyed at me. I said, okay, let's check it out. And this was her problem. Her awareness has expanded with one of the Ascension upgrades. She literally, her like nervous system was trying to pay attention to billions of packets of information. She could not process English. So what happened was we brought our awareness back to the now. It only takes about three seconds with dopamine healing, right? And immediately she could feel the difference. And I called her later on and said, how are you doing? She goes, no problem. No problem. I can understand everyone. This is awesome. <laughs> so that's an example of that awareness, you know. And then the fourth, uh, the third phase of the ascension uh, cycle is the resistance phase. This is when a lot of people do sense entities if they're highly sensitive because it's not like there's more entities in the world. It's more like entities that can be healed now are now uncovered and revealed that they were hidden before. And luckily if we, if, if one has that happen um, and if you happen to be somebody like myself who is in charge of helping their healing process, then we can heal millions at a time. So it's not just one by one by one uh, because that resistance phase, it's uncomfortable. Uh, sometimes our electronics don't work. You know, <laughs> it seems like there's more entities, but once you can get through that phase and, and heal those pieces for on behalf, my job on behalf of humanity, then it, it's less painful. And then the last ascension phase in the ascension cycle is what I call the integration phase. And this is where all those beautiful new higher vibrational energies fully get integrated in all parts of us physically, energetically, mentally, emotionally, dimensionally, spiritually. And sometimes for those of us that are highly sensitive, occasionally it's not as quick as we would like. So that means that our physical bodies can sometimes have a little bit of a glitch. Like, and I can tell in my body if I'm not integrating all the ascension energies quickly because suddenly I won't be able to process magnesium or a mineral and then my back will start tweaking. And I'm like, that's interesting, but I know what the sign is. So then I'll just check. Oh, okay. I'm not fully able to assimilate magnesium. So I just do a correction and uh, it takes about two, you know, two minutes or less. And then, uh, then it's fine. You know, the back pain goes away. So we can actually, if we know what phase we're in, we can actually clear that glitch very, very quickly. Um, so that's, you know, kind of a summary of what we go through in this new age where these ascension cycles are happening faster and faster. Uh, does this happen cyclical or one at a time? Like, so does it go one, two, three, four, back to one? Or... Yeah, it does do one, two, three, four in, the, in a row and back to one, at least my experience. Um, there are some highly sensitive people that are so aware of their other timelines that uh, their other timelines are going through the cycle at a different phase. So you and I might be going through phase two, for example, which is the uh, expansion phase, uh, but they're able to feel multiple of the timelines. So they're going through one, two, three, and four all at the same time, which is very challenging. These are 
very, very highly sensitive people who are light beings uh, in another timeline. They literally have no body. And then they, they decided to embody in a human. So all of a sudden they go from this light, unbounded, amazing light body, right, into a small, <laughs> you know, dense human body. And sometimes they have trouble making their human body work. So they can have some very specific uh, physical issues. Um, they kind of burn their circuits out sometimes. So we have to kind of, you know, get their body back on track. It, it is not an overnight, unfortunately, for some folks, because by the time they see me, they've already burnt a lot of stuff out and we got to regenerate things and get things going and teach the body, hey, you know, this is a lot of light, but we're going to like store it over here so you don't burn out and just get the body to get used to holding that much light. Wow. Fascinating. And yeah, this is all such fascinating stuff. I love this stuff, but at the end of the day, right, it comes back to just like presence, <laughs> you know, being in your body and doing the things that are going to get you in your body and just, you know, having fun and, and joy and practicing presence and all your different self-care routines and just being, being human, right? Cause it's so easy to get caught up in all of these other worldly stuff, especially for sensitive souls and empaths. You know, that's something um, I've seen in myself and mm. every single person I've worked with is this kind of idea of not liking being human. Cause it seems so boring right. and limiting. Yes. Know? Yeah, that, that's a great point. And um, like you said, at the end of the day, I mean, some, some of us are highly sensitive, so many of us, and I know you're probably in that camp, where even when we were young, we had a sense that we were here to help the world. I mean, I think I got laughed at a little bit, <laughs> you know, like, it's sort of like the Miss America contest. What do you want to do? Peace, you know, I want to make peace in the world, you know, and they laugh at them. But, but literally, as a child, I wanted peace on earth. Like, that was I wanted that. Like I felt like some way, shape or form I was responsible for all these people. And I am. So, but, but back then I was like, I'm just a kid. Right. So many of us have that sense of responsibility, have a sense of purpose. We don't sometimes don't know what it is, but we know we're supposed to do something big. And here we are in our everyday life, have, you know, a knee pain or have this issue or a job blast. We don't have enough money or, you know, all these kinds of things. And they're like, I can't get to my bigger mission. Right. So what I tell my students, I'm like, you know what? this is your mission. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you do have a foundational mission and we can definitely test that, but you overcoming whatever it is that's in your current reality right now that is uncomfortable for you is part of you helping the world. And they're like, well, how do I help the world? Like I, I'm struggling. I said, well, when you overcome the internal struggle and make those steps to make those changes, what happens is that sensitive soul in this dense human body, now we actually have a blueprint of you being healed or you healing. And that blueprint is what we call a positive morphic field. And that field is now available for all other people that are similar to tap into. Just like when Roger Bannister did the first four minute mile, they said for 20 years prior to that, it was impossible. You know, that people can't run that fast, right? But the minute he did it, you know, within 18 months, a whole bunch of other people did it. And you could say, oh, well, it's, it's because they were inspired. No, it's because he set up the positomorphic field of having it had it done already. Mm. And other people can tap into that field. And I have multiple examples of that. Alexander Bilodeau from Canada, you know, in the Vancouver 2010 Olympics, first gold medal in Winter Olympics in the home soil, which never has happened in Canada up until that point. The, the media was going crazy, these poor athletes, about how they never win gold. They never win gold at home. They never win gold, right? Over and over and over again. And this guy breaks through that and he wins gold early on in the 2010 Olympics. And then there was like 13 golds for Canada, like the most ever at that point in like, you know, winter Olympics, not, not to mention home country anyway. So it was just kind of crazy. Uh, but that's what we are doing. So no matter what we're struggling with right now, that is the mission at that moment. As we get, you know, more and more peace, more joy, no matter what's going on in our life, 
we actually extend and expand what I call the light radius. So anyone that's connected to us, even virtually, starts to get the benefit of that. So we don't have to be perfect and we don't have to have a perfect life. And we don't have to have bazillions of dollars, you know, in order to make a difference uh, to other people just by being us, being fully embodied and fully being willing to do that path is hugely helpful. And just surrendering to your own human experience and yeah, yes. being yourself. And I know yeah, people go fight it so hard going, you know, kicking and screaming and they just want, no, I'm here to do all this. I'm this great, you know, soul with these awesome powers and it's supposed right. to be easy and everything should just be handed to me. And then they, yeah, like what? Like I didn't sign up for this. What do you mean it's hard work? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you mean I signed up for this? Really? Like, yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I know that quite well. And it's funny to see how that's so similar. Um, and so many people being like that. And then they, for me, I had this other thing too, that I had this magnificent uh, experience in like a, a mushroom ceremony one time. And I, at one point I was taken through and I was just holding the earth in my arms. Mm. And I felt like I was saying it, the, these words for everyone, but I was just holding it and holding her. And I said, you are enough for me. Because mm. so many people have this, oh, I'm not, I'm not enough for this person. I'm not enough for this. I'm not enough for this world. My thing was, I'm enough. I was like, this world isn't enough for me. <laughs> you know, this world, it's so limiting. People are so nasty and like, oh, you know, just kind of mm. like low vibrational and unevolved and blah, 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 blah. You know, not unlike me, right? <laughs> Ultra spiritual. There's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Magnificent ego there. Um, but yeah, but it, is, it was a real experience. And it was just like kind of being able to surrender. It's like, you know what? This human experience is enough. You know, I don't mm. need to have all these things that I think are magical powers, right? And, you know, like the, the, the magic that we have here as humans is in a different way, not maybe not in the way that we experience in other worlds and other lifetimes, other dimensions. And then so just tuning into the magic of the human experience is just such a, a healing thing to be able to do that. You know, if you can do that, then you'll be in your soul purpose and experience and mm -hmm. embodied and it'll be magnificent. So yeah, that's like that heaven on earth, right? Yeah. We come from other places, other planets, other realities where it's like maybe closer to what we would consider heaven all the time. But to have that and bring that into and through the three dimension, fourth, fifth, whatever, and have it embodied, uh, you know, what you're saying uh, is truly uh, a miracle. And so each of us are, are exactly doing that. Yeah. Wow. Can you talk more about sensitive souls? What is it? How do you know? And how do you activate you know, your, your purpose? And the, you, know, you have a whole book coming out on this subject, right? So can you, I, I meant to ask this a little earlier because a couple questions I wanted to get to, but might not happen. So can you just, yeah, uh, enlighten us on all that good stuff? Yeah, so um, who I call highly sensitive souls, um, the research term is highly, highly sensitive people or HSP. Uh, so that's the same and, thing you consider? Well, sort of. Um, yeah, because they're usually the same people. Um, but the way in research that they uh, talk about them is based on kind of like what they're dealing with in their everyday life symptoms, which really crosses over with uh, problems that uh, sensitive souls have. Um, but I'll give you my definition as well. So in Lane Aaron's uh, research, the highly sensitive child, the highly sensitive person, they talk about people who are highly sensitive to loud sounds, bright lights, chemicals. Um, you know, they they can't stand, you know, being around angry people or crowds. They feel uncomfortable that way. They feel drained. Um, you know, anything that's ex too much sense sensory input, like it just really bothers them, like the news bothers them, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, so that's about 20% of the population according to her research. But that was, that was 30 something years ago. And um, at least in my testing, we're, uh, now I can't prove it because I, didn't do the research she did, but um, I'm where I think we're up to almost 30% now because there are more and more highly sensitive children being born with really amazing um, intuitive skills, varying different types. Now, the sensitive soul definition, I extend that uh, because I work in light medicine, spiritual medicine. So the sensitive souls that I work with are people who are currently embodied human but who have souls that come from higher vibrational realms or dimensions, including angelic. So 
uh, and I have mul uh, I have multiple souls. So I have one soul that is uh, angelic, merged with another soul of mine uh, from when I was in Lemuria. I was a healer in Lemuria, and at that point, I had not completed my mission, and Lemuria was destroyed before I could do that. My other soul is actually a light being soul. So that highly, 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 highly sensitive soul we talked about. Uh, lucky for me, it's only half my soul. So I actually do pretty well in my human body. Um, but uh, so I have two souls. And so there are other types of soul types. Now I kind of summarize them. There's, there's different ways of talking about them. The indigo souls are the ones that are here to really revolutionize uh, people's thoughts and and their opinions and um and some may or may not be as spiritual as you know some of us would like them to be but it doesn't matter because they're still um evolving the race and evolving our thoughts like an indigo might be say steve jobs you know um the creator of apple right because he's con you know constantly pushing the envelope people saying you can't do that you can't do that and he says well, let me show you, I'm going to do it, right? So those are the kinds of people that push the envelope. And uh, sometimes they cause a revolution. The indigos are like that. The earth angels, on the other hand, uh, are tend to be very soft and gentle folks. They really abhor violence. Um, and they just want everyone to love each other. That's their energy. The star seeds, they can be various different types uh, from various different planets uh, previously, now human. Uh, and also there's the embodied ones. They had a body of some sort before and then there's the light beings we talked about earlier um, they're generally both very very highly sensitive and uh, they can reach those higher spiritual realms and dimensions usually very very easily and a lot of their job is to um, uh, embody love peace uh, or joy um, and then to bring that into the human experience you know those energies um, and then there are some people who also have the skill set of an empath, uh, meaning that they feel other people's stuff, but they also transform and transmute whatever energies they feel as well. I call that like a functional empath, meaning that they auto heal other people that are around them. And then there are other that are not quite soul types, but more like DNA types. Um, like you could be an ET human hybrid, you could have ET human DNA. And, and there's some thoughts that uh, human DNA actually is hybridized anyway, but we're talking about on top of that base, you know, hybridization, um, other ET uh, have, have tried to elevate the consciousness of humanity by integrating ET and human DNA. Can that be bad sometimes? Yeah, there's some species that did it for not so great reasons. And, and we do that, a correction in Topican healing for those types. We actually neutralize the negative DNA, but a lot of times it's positive. Um, and then we can help to integrate it. And uh, there's some other things that sensitive souls can go through. They can go through walk-ins. For example, a soul can come in later in life and then the first or birth soul can walk out so that the second soul, they already agreed to this prior to incarnation. The second soul is there to actually um, do the mission, you know, and usually it's a big mission. Um, and then there's soul mergers where uh, we have a soul here and then a soul from another version of us from another timeline or dimension comes to merge with us here who is a high vibrational soul and uh, they are here to help us in our mission, but it's really still us, <laughs> but another version of us. Sometimes it can get pretty complex. Um, and sometimes another soul can joyride in our body. That's not for our highest and greatest good. We have to discern that because sometimes they have entities and other things attached to them, uh, not a ghost and literally a soul trying to, you know, occupy the space. And so we actually have to heal them and remove them and make sure that the person has some sort of filter. So no other soul merger can occur. So, so we do what's called soul typing in our Topican healing method. So I teach my, you know, students to do that so they can actually check in to see what soul type they are or their family members, and they can have some idea about what their soul mission is. And we have a whole chart, actually. This is uh, some of the charts from my Topican healing method. Chart one is sort of like we can muscle test what negative things need to heal. Chart two is positive things and blueprints that we can download to people if, if necessary. And chart three here is um, some other things we need to know, including um, who you are, which is at the top, that soul mission sorry, this is the soul typing. And then the second part here is what we call the soul mission matrix, where we can muscle test what kind of mission you have in this timeline foundationally. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not that hard to, to do. Um, and most people are really thrilled when they actually 
understand and learn their soul type because a lot of what's happened in their past completely and finally makes sense to them. That's such fun stuff. People are probably like losing their minds right now. They're semi new to this, just wanting to learn more and know what type <laughs> they are. <laughs> and it can be, I, yeah, you can get lost in it a little bit. I, I went through a phase too of where I just ended up getting a little too much in my head, but then kind of like talking about earlier, just come back to the body and presence and more peace with where you're at. And then kind of can make sense of it all later. And yeah, I've had the experience of being like more like an angelic soul or earth angel, which is why I had to do a lot of work for my deployment to Afghanistan to reclaim like that mm. part of myself that I, you know, kind of like cut off, you know, to, so that I could go through like my experience there and then, you know, bring my, like my soul or back in my body or at least certain aspects of it. And so, yeah, this stuff is a ton of fun. And I know we're coming up on the hour, but is there any thing that you have to add is that going to be in the book um how can anything about people in you know with like what their healing gifts in terms of a lot because that's what i come across a lot with you know with empaths if people want to know they want to utilize their healing gifts or figure out what that is is there a simple way to do that you don't have to explain it now you could just reference uh some programs that you have or yeah whatever you got there yeah. You know, all of us have all the gifts at different varying levels. Um, my clairsentience is my dominant gift, the ability to feel. Um, and that tends to be, I, in my testing, about 80% of my clients tend to, that is their strongest gift. Others, it's clairaudience. So their intuition, actually, they'll hear a word or you'll see a word even in their minds uh, or see a picture. My clairvoyance, my inner clairvoyance, I don't see ghosts out here. I can see them in my head. So my inner clairvoyance. So these are all things that are naturally evolving in all of us, especially highly sensitive people. And so in my book that's coming out hopefully this fall in 2020, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, um, I talk about how important it is to uh, honor and harness those gifts, be able to train those gifts, because it's not that people don't have them, because they keep going, I want to elevate my gifts, I want to open my gifts up, I want, and I'm like, they're open, baby, <laughs> too open. You got to manage them because that's why you're having all these symptoms. Okay. So people don't understand when they're asking for greater gifts, greater gifts. Well, yeah, you're getting them anyway. And if you ask for more of them, you have to learn how to manage them. Just like giving a three-year-old an ice cream cone and give them a triple decker ice cream cone. Do you really think that triple decker is going to last very long? right? <laughs> so God, you know, or source gives you what you can handle. So in my book, uh, sensitivity is your superpower. Um, so, you know, how to harness your hidden gifts so you can fulfill your purpose and create a life of joy. So it's really about how do we apply some of these superpowers to specific things. So we teach you different skills in each of those. And, and the soul mission matrix is actually in the book. So we actually um, share with you how to extract your soul mission, how to do divine muscle testing, and um, you know how to change the weather. We love doing this. This is so fun. You know, I mean, literally now, I sometimes I don't even bother doing the whole technique because I'm doing the stillness so often. It'll just be like almost an afterthought you know, it'll start thundering and I'll make a decision. I'm going to walk the dog. So we'll walk the dog and it just waits for me to finish. I come back in two minutes later, it's pouring, right? <laughs> you know? And it's like, okay, thanks guys. You know, and I give thanks for that. Um, uh, traffic magic, transmutational bubble magic. Uh, this is where you put uh, a bubble around someone's outside of their auric field if they're very negative so that they don't have to, well, or that they won't hurt someone energetically as much because they might have entities, you're not allowed to clear for them, you know, things like that. Um, so there's a lot of different skills in there. Um, the Nirvana of No, Perception Kung Fu, <laughs> uh, all these different skills in there. So you can really harness your superpowers. And what I'd love to do for your listeners is to give them a little preview with a freebie of mine. It's called the Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide. So it's a PDF that you can download and there is um, uh, a meditation. There's a link in there where you can uh, take a look at an article about uh, this technique 
that is really the centerpiece of really being able to be yourself, be fully present, and then start auto-clearing or auto-healing you know, anything that isn't yours around you. Um, I call it STOEM, Stillness Through Observing Internal Movement. And so there's uh, instructions and a link and even a free meditation you can download and a free class uh, that you can uh, connect to just through that uh, freebie. So if people are interested, they can go to sensitivesoulguide.com and sign up for that and get those freebies and you'll learn you know the three major mistakes that highly sensitive souls make and then the three ways of navigating your way to more peace positivity and personal power wonderful wonderful i'm sure people will check it out i highly encourage it and i could just talk to you and about this stuff all day so much fun thank you so much for being here any it final so notes fun. where's that where's the best place to just um to follow along is there like a social media place or just go to the grab that um, free download and then get on the email. Well, definitely sensitivesoulguide.com. I uh, highly recommend uh, that uh, you connect with that freebie. And then on social media right now, uh, the best place to go is lightwarriornetwork.com. And uh, it's just a quickie link that will bring you right to our social media group. It's a private group. Um, we do like monthly mini healings um, where we do Topogan healing method and we do group healings. We do a weekly healing as a group um, just for each other. Um, and so we have cool events there, weekly you know, support and things like that. So lightwarriornetwork.com is a great place to go if you're a like-minded soul and would love some support. Oh, thank you again. You are truly an embodied soul living your mission and it's beautiful. Thank you again for being here. Oh, thank you, Mike. It's been my pleasure. All the best. Lots of love to you and your family.